0: To everyone, and welcome to another episode of the NZPE Teacher Cast. This is a continuation of the episode from a fortnight ago where we had Dr. Craig Harrison on the podcast. That podcast went for quite a wee while, almost an hour and a half. So we decided to split it into to make it a little bit more digestible for you, the listener. So we're going to jump straight back into things, and I hope you enjoy the second half of the episode.
1: You're listening to the
0: NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Sports Strapping New Zealand, online strapping courses designed by a physiotherapist to help everyday people learn the basics of simple strapping techniques for injury management. With practical strapping videos and automated quizzing, Sports Strapping New Zealand is here to equip you with the knowledge to help others. Check it out now at sportstrapping.co.nz.
0: Thinking about the experiences that I provide for my kids and and how I interact with them. I I think I'm probably quite close to that example, but it it just definitely gives me food food for thought when in terms of they're stuck with something. And maybe my best approach isn't to go in and be really hands-on, but maybe just... To begin that questioning process and have them try to figure it out for themselves i think that's something i could definitely do to improve as opposed to just going straight to the answer well your foot needs to be here so let's put mm. it there for you you know as opposed to going well you know breaking it you know, and getting them to figure that out i think is what i could do better
1: for sure and there's a catch-22 with this right is if you're looking for learning to happen quickly then go and help them right because yeah. Um that you're gonna see it. And and that's that's the hard piece, is because we wanna watch our kids get better. Um, that makes us feel good. And and often this is really this is steeped in in selfish behaviour from a parent's point of view. Like it makes yeah. us feel better if our kids can climb to the top of the jungle gym. Yeah, you know, they're they're better than the other kid, and that that, that warms out the, the cockles of our heart. But that's really holding them back from from long term development. Um, and i think you know what you were talking about carl is yes i just let them figure it out but if they don't then you have to give them another opportunity Mm -hmm. um so it's about going back tomorrow and saying and they'll go oh that's right i I got one rung up the ladder today today i'm gonna actually i'm gonna go two um and if if they can Figure that out on their own. I think they're in a much better position to to be the athlete at the age of 18, you know, in the first 15 final to make the decision that they need to make when the pressure's on, uh, you know, and there's, there's 20 seconds left on the clock because it's a, it's a lifetime of experiences that lead up to that. It, it's not a workshop that I can go in and deliver to teach people how to be resilient. Like it, it doesn't work like that.
0: No. No, not at all. So most of, most of my audience are physical education teachers, and you've you've touched on um, how you have some interaction with schools and phys ed departments and phys ed students, you know, coming into your labs and stuff like that. In your experience, what do you think PE teachers are doing well with regards to
1: youth athlete development? I'm really interested in this response, too. <laughs> To be honest, most most of the PE teachers that I engage with are great. Um, they they understand the pedagogy, um, which is at the heart of all of this stuff. Um, so they 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 get that it's a journey. They understand that process is more important than outcome. Um, and when we hang, have conversations about how we can scaffold particular skills. Um, then it's usually a really interesting conversation and I like spending time with f- Um And so mo- most of those experiences, whether that's in a sporting environment or in the classroom, are really positive. Um, and we, we do both. So we've got, we'll go out and we'll work with um, teams and, and academy programs where there are PE teachers that are, that are in charge. Um, that is, so they might be running the particular class or they might be running the team out on, on the field um, and when we talk to them about development and learning um, and some of these things I've touched on already, then they get intrigued um, and they're either doing p- pieces of it already or, and, or they're very willing to start adding extras into to, you know, increase the, the value of the environment that, that they're creating. Um, or, or they're coming into some of our environments at AUT Millennium where we might run you know, a, an experience for a year 12 or 13 P class, um, sometimes multiple classes, and they've got a, you know, a particular part of the curriculum that they're looking at. Um, so often that's some of the, the physical elements, whether that's components of fitness, principles of training, um, some of the sports science stuff that, that they're wanting to look at. And we can provide a very real world take on what it looks like um, and so very recently we had a we had a group grouping from a school that were looking at touch rugby, uh, both from a program design point of view, but also performance. And so we we were in a position to put some GPS units on a whole bunch of kids and send them out, um, collect some data and then have a look at what that looked like. Um, we could take them into our labs. We do VO2 max type tests. We can look at wing gates. We can look at um, of... 3D motion capture to, sh- to actually dig into what biomechanics actually looks like in, in the high performance environments uh, but we also do things like program design where if you're working towards a particular outcome we can um, have a look at what that might be and then regress it back um, similar to, to how we do with our athletes to go where we, you' are at now and what it is that you think you need that's going to help you to to progress as quickly as you possibly can so we do a lot of that sort of work as well and 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 the PE teachers that come into those environments they they're awesome and they love it and they're they're typically really engaged um, and they, and they value that very practical element that we can provide
0: I think they would and You know, I think the teachers that you work with are are extremely lucky because personal experience, I find that what shapes my teaching in this learning area are my experiences being a sports person at school and after school. And I don't think there's enough professional development for us actually working with young people. Like we we go through, we get our degree at Fazed School, we go to teachers' college and get your teaching qualification and there is definitely not enough um, hands-on practical uh, information around working with young people. And then we get into the classroom and, you know, we're, we're digging deep on the internet and YouTube and seeing what everybody else is doing, but there's just not a lot of... Hey, Development for us as PE teachers. And I think that's a shame. And I think, yeah, like I mentioned, what you're doing is, is, is fantastic. And these teachers are really, really lucky to receive that. And, um, I'm happy to hear that the teachers that you work with are really open to, um, that that feedback and that guidance. And I, I guarantee hands down that you could go into any school in New Zealand and you get a similar response because we are generally reflective practitioners in phys ed. Um, and like I mentioned and touched on there, there does seem to be a lack of that development for us.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, have got some, a lot of mates that are, that are teaching PE. I mean, came through the degree with me. Uh, I mean, ended up in front of students and I, and I had a conversation with a good friend of mine not that long ago. You know, I spoke to him about the best, one of the best parts of my week, um, which is the hour that we spend on a Thursday morning after our academy program finishes. Uh, so six thirty, coaches come in. Uh, you know, they they prepare for the sessions. Our athletes typically come in between six forty five and seven, um, and they, they they do their session. And then we often will have a breakfast. Uh, we we throw on a bit of a breakfast on a Thursday for our parents and and our kids. And and then after that breakfast, the coaches sit around for at least an hour, sometimes longer. Um, and it's a very deep reflection on what it is that we did. Um, and it's it's very real in terms of this was what happened. This is what I did. Um, and I'm interested in your ideas of how I can make this better uh, and I, I, when I explained these things that we do and this is not the only time where we get a lot of time during our, our weeks to do this um, or we make the time and he was really jealous he said we just I just don't get the time I'm running from one class to the next to the next to the next um, and in order to do that deep reflection on my practice not necessarily looking at what other people are doing but putting my work out there and saying what do you guys think i think ultimately that's where we learn um the most and that firstly is is von you have to be vulnerable in order to do that um you have to be at a point where you're happy to actually look in the mirror and say yeah there's Certain things that I do great, certain things that I need to work on. Um, but it's also about the, the other people around you that, um, you know, they're very supportive. And for, I'm not saying for a second that that's not how um, physique departments operate because I, I think from my experiences that they do. Um, but providing that opportunity to go, well, this is what I did today. What do you think? Uh is the best place we can be for our learning. Um, and on I had a great conversation with um, one of my guests, um, Wade. Shit, I'm trying to remember his last name. Um, Anyways, a coach educator out of the US. Um, his last name might come to me as, as we continue our conversation. But this is what he talked about. Um, and making an effort to put it into your practice is, is something that um, can really change the game.
0: Yeah, I you know, reflection and and thinking about what has been successful and what hasn't been successful is that's a big part of what I do and, and um like your colleague suggested when you try to fit that into your data, it just it doesn't fit. You go and you're going from this class to that class, your downtime is for planning. Um so it has to be something that you have to make time for, and that's not often a fun thing to do late at night when Game of Thrones or Vikings or whatever it is you like to watch is, is on, but there's so much, so much value in being able to do that. And, and I like what you mentioned about putting yourself out there and putting your stuff out there. And like I I put a lot of content out there around what I'm doing and it's not to be a show pony or anything like that, but it's about hearing other people's stories and getting feedback in the way they do things like quite often I'll get some responses where people say, oh, that's, that's really cool. I often do this, which is similar, but yet that's something I hadn't considered. And it allows me to build on my knowledge and my experiences and helps me be a better practitioner. So that's, um, I I like some of those things that you mentioned there.
1: So how do you, I'm going to jump, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. This is, this is my podcasting host taking over, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what about context, right? So I think the challenge that we have with social social media and, and Twitter is a classic example is where do you get that context? So I would imagine that you've set up your learning environments based around particular principles or based around particular outcomes that you're working towards, as a collective at, at your school, um, so in order to get the best reflection on that, how do you maintain that it's context specific?
0: Yeah, it's a that's a that's a good question. When I so we have a, a particular focus that we might be might be looking at, and for me, it's around I I, I guess just trying to build an experience for my students that is going to be meaningful, it's going to be something that they're going to learn from. It's going to be something that um they're going to remember. And so when I when I'm when I'm building that the in the content and the videos and the stuff that I do, it's it's about so putting that, that out there to these Teachers or educators or my, my tribe or my community or something like that. And, and I I guess I've, I've got an, it's a really good question you've asked here, Craig. I, I guess I've got an established, presence in my community and my tribe that most people know the context that I'm coming from and the aims and the objectives and the outcomes that I'm working towards. And that's something that I've built over a long time. And I've got this focus on technology and I've got this focus on flip learning and this focus on gamification. So I, I guess the stuff I put out there, people will really kind of know where my area of expertise is. And so it's a, it's a little bit of Me providing some insight into some of those things that I do, but also on on the flip side is trying to get some feedback around their what other teachers and other educators, their specific strengths and where they lie and maybe they can contribute to some of the stuff that I'm doing. I'm not sure if that answers your question too well.
1: no, I, I think st- I think it's cool. I mean you took, you mentioned looking at being an authority in particular areas, and it's clear that you've established that uh, and so I understand that that would help with getting the context that you're looking for uh, when you engage in that sort of reflective social practice if that's the, if that's the right lingo.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean and to start with it was it was pretty scary. And, you know, and, and now in my learning area, we, we do, we do not network enough. We don't share ideas enough. It, that's improved over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. We, we have, um, the PE gear shed, which has become this resource where everyone, um, comes to, to learn and engage and share ideas. And, and, and the two teachers that have established that, um, have had some really good foresight to get that up and running and that's mm-hmm. formed this fantastic community so people are getting better at that but when I first come into teaching and I could see the power of technology and how it opened up all of these avenues for people to share good things Um I, I jumped at that and it was pretty new back then you know this was 2008-2009 where there weren't too many people doing it um, and to start with there was a little bit of I guess, not backlash, but people going, oh, well, what are you putting this out there for? But I think as it became more common and more, more a established thing to do, people accepted a little bit more and were more inclined to engage with that process of digesting your content and then giving you some feedback on it. And then myself as well growing um, from the stuff that I put out there and also taking on that feedback. Um, so I guess that's kind of how it's evolved. Um, but still, yeah, we don't, we don't network enough which is why i like this podcast because for some of the guests that i have on there they have these fascinating amazing stories but they keep it to themselves well, and it's not intentional they just don't have the the platform to be able to do it and the more we can have these stories out there and these people sharing these unique experiences that they're having and these fantastic ideas that they're implementing and the successes that they're seeing in the classroom and the challenges that they're having, then as a community, we will grow and we'll be better off. And a good example, I I often talk about with a lot of my colleagues is, you know, we, we are the best in the world at rugby and you could go along to almost any coach in the country and ask them for support and help. And they are going to be open book and give you anything you need. And, uh, that is very similar to the experiences I've had interacting with coaches in America with, around basketball, and and you know I've emailed some top div one coaches and they've sent me back entire Dropbox folders with everything they have, and you know that it's just open slather and because they understand both from a from this this rugby community and this basketball community in America where they're at the top of their game they understand that being able to put the stuff out there for other people to consume and learn from is going to grow that game. It's going to grow rugby. It's going to go basketball. But then we have all of these other little pockets of development, these other smaller sports. We have education, we have business, and we have all these areas and individuals within that are really quick to hold on to what they know and not share that and not um, facilitate
1: growth and development around that area. Does that make sense? For sure. I, I experienced the same thing um, in what we do and agree with you where sharing becomes a lot more commonplace when the people that are doing it are, are actually doing great things already. Um, and so they're not, they're not so worried about someone stealing their stuff. Um, and thinking that they're going to then be able to go out there and, and roll it out in the same way, which ultimately is, is a almost impossible to do um but mm. you know it's um, yeah it's, it's something that we we think about a lot is trying to provide an opportunity to consume some of our stuff but at the same time understand some of our principles uh, because yep. because then you can place it into its context much better um mm. and and that's where the you know, that's where the nuance lies. I think I've used the word a number of times already, but, uh, you know, that's, that's where you can go well. Um, our principle around developing movement is exploration first. Um, it's about moving in a number of different ways so that you can then draw on the particular skills that you need when, you, when that context is much more refined, Um, And so when we're putting out a whole bunch of stuff that just looks like kids playing in the gym or or in our sports um, hall, it kind of makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, I see what those guys are doing. Um, So there's this and it's something that we don't necessarily do well just yet. Um, We're trying to think about how we can do that to help as many people as we possibly can, because, I mean, that's that's the game that we're in. Right. Is. um, Yeah. We we want to we want to help people to to experience some of the things that we're experiencing.
0: Yeah, and and you, some of your comments there made that that original question you had for me a, a little bit clearer. And I think you know, some somewhere like Twitter, it, it's it's very hard to build any sort of context with your audience because you're you're limited, you you're restrained so much from what you can share in that, you know, that given character limit. But as, you know, I explore platforms like Facebook, you know, having Facebook pages and Instagram where you have a little bit more flexibility, you can establish that context a, a little bit clearer, um, which, again, improves any feedback or any anything you get back from your audience. Um, I think that probably answers your question a little bit better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's where... Um people are going Um, and and, you know some of the guys that I would follow that are now at the point where they understand the market is saturated with information and so in order to help people the best um, you need to be in a community whether that's a Facebook group or whatever or you know ultimately in person because that's where the magic really happens where you can take all the information and you can decipher it and you can actually provide some frameworks around what it is that you're doing Uh, because i think it's and and i've i've suffered it you know in the past and i still do is just consuming all of the stuff that's out there um, without some guiding principles then it constantly feels like you know you're treading water or or you're barely keeping your head above it um so that's that's something that we we now have and i think it's um you know within our circles and and some of the people we're working with now it's makes things so much easier when they can always draw things back to um you know some some really guiding lights yeah yeah
0: i i agree that that actually (laughs) that uh that that went on that discussion went on quite a wee bit. We were talking about um, the things that PE teachers are doing really well. And I I did also want to briefly, coming from this reflective approach, I wanted to ask you what you felt PE teachers might be doing poorly in the area of athlete development. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: So probably need some clarity around the question. Uh, So in terms of athlete development, are you talking about in the classroom or are you thinking about how PE teachers can help their student athletes be better on the weekend for, for I'm, thinking
0: of, I'm thinking I'm thinking of a bit of both because we you know we a lot of us uh coaching extracurricular so mm. we are we are doing both roles we are in the classroom um and we're doing stuff there. We are coaching outside of our normal teaching hours, and we're seeing this rise in academies and institutes that are often given timetabled space and become part of the curriculum. So I guess all-encompassing, really.
1: So I think one thing that uh, schools, school sport, PE teachers, uh, all of the above do really well is team. Um, I I think they get that. Creating environments where people can feel very much part of a team, Uh, and I think that's been happening, you know, for as long as as I can remember. It was it was why I love sport, Um, and schools are the place where that that shines. There's no doubt, and and a lot of our athletes will always when they're looking at their schedules and they're they're overloaded. There's too much going on, and ultimately they need to think about. Pulling something out is they're very reluctant to pull out anything around school, and and I believe that that's because of uh, their mates and the team and being part of of something. I mean, we know that's that's human nature, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think schools do that really well as as team. They get it, um, and they can provide those environments for people to go out there and and work towards a common goal, whatever that may be. Uh, on the other hand, I, th- I think the piece that we can do better is the individual. Um, we know that the individual makes up a team, um, but we also know that the individual is on their own path. Uh, and school is one piece, um, but it's not everything. And, and so I think an understanding of the individual um, and where they're at in their development and then helping them to get better um, and that's can be quite a specific thing. So this is not easy, but I think this is the piece that um, you know we have to think about coming together on and go, well, we've got all these kids um, and there's all these factors that are going on that are influencing the development, whether that's growth and maturation, experience, family upbringing, all of these things. And just understanding that not everybody is – is the same. Um, And so within that team, we have to understand where everybody is at um, and then provide the next piece of their puzzle. And and I'm not a a linear development guy. I'm I'm not for a second saying that there is a particular pathway that they need to follow, but I do believe that there are certain things that are going to help people move forward that are different to others. Um, and so identifying what that is and then putting support around them, uh, I think is something that that schools can do better.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And, you know, that's, that's quite insightful what you've said. I think about what I see in schools, particularly this is more my my angle here comes from from sport really. And you, you talked about the individual and man, there is not enough focus on the individual. And there's you know so much research research coming out at the moment and over the last few years about student well being. And and I think that ties in here here as well. And I saw this a lot in a trip I, I took to Melbourne last year to look at this sort of thing. But from a from a time perspective when I think about what you just said, I, I straight away think, how where the hell am I going to find time to do that? It's just so much easier to look at a group of athletes and see them as a squad or a team, and the team is right here, and we want the team in three months' time to be over here. I, I, I feel it's so easy to not or, or to just skip over that whole individual thing and see them as a collective mm. And, and whether that comes from the pressures of um, elite sport in secondary school and wanting to see trophies cabinets and cabinets and the Ws, um, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that we still don't have our heads around the well-being of our students and the individual needs that each of these athletes have and being able to address those properly. But, uh, you know, I think... I think it's something, I think you're right, it's something that we need to look at a little bit more closely. But hopefully with a lot of the stuff around student well-being, which the stuff that's coming out at the moment is more academic focused than the classroom and the pressures of being teenagers and um, assessment-driven classes. Um, so it's it's a little bit detached from sport, but I think um, these these sporting pressures that add to, have this negative impact on student well-being as well. And if we were, as educators, more focused on the individual as opposed to the group, then that is going to help us deliver, I guess, a better product. Products, (laughs) totally the wrong word to use in (laughs) in that context. I think you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And, I mean, I, I can... I'd love to talk to a little bit around how, how we see that. Um, and it's something we've been working on for a long time within our Academy program. Um, and we have the luxury of, uh, of sort of smaller numbers and higher coach to, to athlete student ratios, which always helps. Um, and I don't think I can, you know, ever get, well, that, that's something that I'm, I'm conscious of when I'm talking to some of these ideas. Um, But that aside, I think some of the founding sort of principles around this would still work. Um, And so I think we can use sport. And this this sounds cliche, but, you know, when people talk about sport as the vehicle to develop people, I believe it. uh, 100% we can do it. Um, But it's hard and it doesn't just happen on its own. Um, so we can't just put people into sporting environments and expect them to, to you know, develop confidence and resilience and um, you know, more self-awareness. We, we actually need to, to structure that environment. But I think getting around the time thing that you mentioned and the numbers thing is we have to create an environment that gives it back to the student um, or, or the athlete. So we have to stop thinking that, it's our role to coach them um, and instead think, well, it's it's actually our role to create an environment for them to coach themselves, um, for them to understand where they're at and for them to go and source out whatever it, it, it is that they need. And so in order for us to do that, we need to spend some time uh, around their development early um, and invest in, um, you know, their, that time around early adolescence where we know it's a hugely sensitive time and 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 we can help them to understand that we're giving them permission to get on their own journey um, to do their own things we're, we're not calling the shots here at the end of the day this is this is this is what you've chosen to walk towards this is what you're passionate about um, and all we're going to do is make sure that you're safe and and make sure that we can push you towards the place where you can find the answers. Um, and I think, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds really easy, right? And it's not. But when you can when you can create an environment where where young people go um, because they're giving me options and they're giving me choice and and they're they're giving the game back to me. Um, then I'm going to work harder and I'm going to look for challenges and I'm going to walk towards them and I'm going to embrace all of these things. And when things aren't going well, I'm going to try and figure them out for them for figure these things out on my own, um, or at least with the help of others, as opposed to expecting the adults in their world to solve for them. And I think this integrates back into well um, is, Rather than thinking about well-being as another thing we're adding, I, th- I think we just need to do what we're currently doing better, um, and, and some of the, some of the well-being issues that we've that we've, that have cropped up um, will go away because the environments we're creating are just more attuned to what it is that young people actually need, and and sport is a quite a nice context to be able to do that cause it's not so wide ranging. It's not so open. It's not the entire curriculum that you're trying to change or, or everything else. It's just one team. And, and if you can open that door um, for a young person, then, then we've seen it kind of by osmosis transfer into other areas of their life. And all of a sudden they go, wow, this, this is my journey. Um, I am someone that can control it. Um, and it is something that I want to do, and and they start really taking charge.
0: I th- I think you need to go on a bit of a um, bit of a, a crusade, speaking to every principal and senior leader and secondary schools in New Zealand, because you know that's that's kind of a message that we we try to send um, with around the, the power of sport and and involvement in sport and and having us. Relationship with physical activity and some of the, the traits and the skills this builds, but we just get, we just get. Um, there's this perception of physical education in New Zealand that you know we roll it we, I mean this is this is improving, but there's this perception that we roll a ball out and the kids go and kick it around and that's that's all we contribute to learning at school. But you know you know and and I know that it's so much more than that, and as far as I'm concerned, it is the most valuable. Thing that they learn at school, but there is still a long way to go. Um, First of all, convincing everybody else that there's value here, but also ourselves establishing the best approach to educating our young people in a sporting context, and um, you know, building those relationships with one another and the community, and also those relationships, those healthy relationships with physical activity and sport. So, lots to do, but. You know, you've, you've, you've got a really good message that I think more people need to hear. So I appreciate you saying that stuff. Just then it um, gets me a little bit, I want to say excited, but at the same time, it, it's so disappointing that, you know, there's this information is there, but people aren't hearing it.
1: Finding people that alway, already see the world in the same way, I think, is the key. Um, you know, and I'm a massive fan of Seth Godin. I don't know if you follow his stuff. Um, you know, like a, 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 hugely influential guy. Um, and he talks about being on the edge. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. I think if, if we're talking about change, then this is not about changing everything all at once this is going okay well who already who already sees the world in this way who already believes that this is the things that need to happen in order for a brighter future to happen and then and then we rally around um build the tribe as you've already mentioned and you know just take it one day at a time and and you know program by program um school by school potentially uh we may may get there. And, uh, you know, someone once told me that if you're not trying to solve a problem that you can't solve within your lifetime, then it's not a big enough problem. (laughs) Um, and I really like it because I I think it, it, it hits home what it's all about. Right. Um, is, and it it comes back to one of those founding principles of development that we believe in is, is play the long game, right. Um, be patient and uh, enjoy the journey because, if you're not enjoying the journey, then, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to wake up happy tomorrow.
0: For sure. For sure. Hey, so you've, you've officially uh, broken the NZP teacher cast record for longest, um, longest interview.
1: And, and you know what, I don't think <laughs> I'm- have hardly, hardly even got started, mate. I know. There's so much to talk about. <laughs>
0: I know. I know. And I, and you know, I'm probably. I don't think I'll go through and edit any of it. I'll, I'll just keep it all in. It's a bit longer than I than I normally would. And I've already, for those of you listening, um, our commitment to the course here it's Saturday night. It's now quarter to ten. Um, Craig's at home, thankfully. I'm I'm sitting at Rongatai College PE Department Office. Uh, my wife has already texted me good night. <laughs> so, um, before we get to the last question, is there anything that I might have missed that you really wanted to mention or um, anything anything additional you wanted to ask from me?
1: Well, like I said, Calmate, I think um, an opportunity to have a have a conversation with you is something I've been looking forward to uh, and so many different rabbit holes that we could go down. I'm a big, big fan of them um, because on these shows, this is where the interesting stuff comes out. Um, yeah. And so... To know, like I, I don't have anything, I that's busting out in order to share. But yeah, I I, I think
0: uh, I think next time I'm I'm in Auckland, uh, I, I think I'll I'll look you up and, and maybe we could go have a beer or something and have a talk about some of, go down some more rabbit holes because it, it, there's definitely you've left a lot unanswered. I think well not un, not unanswered, but you've opened up more doors that I, that I would. Be interested in exploring, um, and and I guess that's one of the um, one of one of your strengths that I that comes through in your podcast is is that you um, you you um, it's on the tip of my tongue, but you you create these um, do how can I describe this, but you open up these avenues that I hadn't considered. And I think they're worth considering and I don't get the opportunity to do that in that, in that context very often. So, um, that, that excites me a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think catching up would definitely be, um, on, on one of my bucket lists, not a bucket list, but something I'd like to do over the next couple of years. Next time I'm in Auckland. So if you don't
1: mind, um, that'll be a really good thing to do. But this last question, sure. Well, I'm just I'm just going to jump in there. Um, I'm sure you'll give me this opportunity towards the end. But we do have a at the end of the year we're we're putting on an event. Um, it's it's a pre conference a pre-conference of sorts, um, and it's going to be specifically youth athlete development. And and I think oftentimes it gets viewed as something that's just for the elite in sport, um, which it's hard to break down that wall. Um, but it's not, it's a, it's all this stuff. Um, and it's going to, it's shaping up to be a pretty awesome day. So I'll, uh, I'll have to shoot you the link and you can share it.
0: Yeah, definitely F- flick us those details and I'll make sure that they go into the, to the show notes and, um, also all your other details and stuff so people can get in touch if they, if they have any burning questions or, um, want to reach out to you. But last question, you're, you're relatively young as an academic, what do you hope to be your legacy in 30 years' time? Is it what you're doing now and youth development related, or do you have other aspirations beyond where your focus lies now? And I hope it's going to be the latter.
1: <laughs> uh, I yeah, I am. I'm, I'm just I haven't been long into the research side of my role, or um, well, unofficially I've been doing it for a little while, but but officially. Uh, just over a year now Um, and so from an academic point of view I don't see myself as an academic Um, it's a hugely important part of what I do because I think understanding what's come before us uh, understanding how the world works and getting Drawing, being able to draw some principles from a sound understanding is vital in terms of moving us forward. And so this is why I engage in research. It's why I enjoy working with the students that I work with, um, is asking interesting questions that we don't have an answer for and going and trying to figure it out. Um, But that said, I'm not hugely aspirational about the academic side of things. Um, I think that'll always be a part of what I do, um, but I'm not chasing peer-reviewed publications. I'm, I'm very much the bridge between science and practice, um, and that's it's all it's been where I've seen myself from really early on. Um, it's it's what I love to do. I love to 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 make sure I'm having time in the trenches. Um, to really get a feel for what's working and what isn't um, and then the ability to then go away and and ask those questions and, and try and put some scientific process around figuring out how we can do it better um, is kind of where I, I spend my days. Um, so if we're talking about legacy, I think it's about providing young people with the choice. Um, so, If they choose to walk towards a particular outcome, if they want to pursue sport, um, then I want to be able to help them to be as successful as they possibly can, um, so that there's no looking back. Going, if only I had done that, Um, you know, if I only had I had this other string to my bow, then I might have got a little bit further. Um, and, And at the same time, you know, there's this other side of me that loves to see sport physical activity movement um, as the cornerstone to being happy um, living a life that is uh, that is healthy um, and that can you know help you physically help you mentally um, help you to go and do whatever it is that that you choose you want to do
0: that, that's a great, <clears throat> excuse me. That's, um, that's a great way to, to end on the podcast. Um, some, some, I think some really wise words there from you. And look, I just want to take this opportunity to, to, to thank you for, um, coming on the podcast because it has been a long time coming. I think, well, it'll be over a year ago where I think we, I dm you and saying, Hey, I'd love to get you on the podcast. I think maybe even two years. Um, so it's been a long time coming and, um, you know, you've you know, I touched on this throughout. You have some really interesting perspectives, and some interesting is probably not a good word, but you have some really knowledgeable um perspectives that you know we as as educators we don't. I, mean, I know you say you're not an academic, but we often don't get this kind of critical thought. Um, among ourselves I mean we do but like hearing you speak in some of the the things that you talk about and you discuss and knowing that where that comes from um, from your experience doing your masters doing your PhD the, the stuff that you're speaking is has a really good place in, in education and physical education and learning and it's just exciting to hear you talk and I'm so glad we Got to sit down and do this. I don't think I did the interview justice though, and this connection has been really bad. So I, I do apologize, um, for that, but it's for me, it's been really insightful. I, I can take away a lot in the way I interact with and, um, foster this passion for sport and physical activity with my, with my, with my, um, my wee ones, Zana and Caleb. Um, so that's the takeaways that I've taken from you and your experiences and your knowledge um they're going to be better off for it um, as well as my students so yeah once again i just thank you for that
1: so it's an absolute pleasure to come on and and chat everything about physical education movement you know sport um because it's 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 a massive passion of mine obviously well, it's the passion there's not a, there's not much else that uh <laughs> that gets a, a gets gets a place um in, in how i think and what i do so i love to i love to have these conversations um i love to help people to achieve the things that they're wanting to achieve potentially by looking at it a slightly different way um and so if there's anything else uh, or anybody out there that would like to engage in a conversation, then I'm, I'm all ears. Um, and, um, you know, it's something that I would like to do more of is, is to get out and about and um, engage more with community. And I have plans to do to do a whole bunch more of it. So um, hopefully those environments are, are there and, and keen to, to get amongst it.
0: I guarantee they will be, mate. So... Um...
1: Yeah, it's been great talking. Cool. Thanks, mate.